And now, the Prickly Pear Project with Oliver Morris. I'm Oliver Morris, and this is the Prickly Pear Project. The Prickly Pear Project is quite simple. I sit down with someone in a one-on-one conversation filled with deep, extra spicy questions. Their only reprieve to drink a can of sparkling orange and prickly pear juice to slake their thirst. Today's guest is an esteemed resident of Guad Hall, Luke Darty. Luke, how are you today? Doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing well for this inaugural segment of the Prickly Pear Project. Shall we drink? We shall. Excellent. Why don't you give a sit there for me and let me know how that tastes. Delightful. Beautiful. Glad to hear it. Shall we get into the questions? I'd love to. Excellent. So before that, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? My name is Luke Darty. born and raised in Berea, Kentucky. Decided to go to Carroll on the coin flip. That's all I really got. Solid, man. Glad to hear it. Anywho, first question. When you think about the great tragedies in your life, you might reflect on the fall of Constantinople or the sacking of Troy. What event in your life was your fall of Constantinople? You see, I live life by a kind of morale of not really dealing with any issues, and so I wouldn't say I necessarily have a sacking of Troy or the fall of Constantinople. I just really try to live from my experiences and try to move on, and so I don't really dwell on any hardships because I personally don't see a reason for me to dwell on such things. Mm. That's a very powerful way to live your life. I'm glad that you don't have any sort of sore thumb sort of sticking out in your life. That's good to hear, man. I'm glad. Thank you. Um, Yeah, of course. Uh, I understand that you play the drums. Uh, Are you in a band? Um, I was in a band in Kentucky. Uh, We called ourselves ODN, and you can stream ODN's EP Hotel Hallways on Spotify if you would so like to. Um, But I wasn't really a major part in the band. We had a very talented group of people, and I was just kind of like the, the mascot of sorts. Oh, nice. You don't use Zildjian drumsticks, do you? No, not at all. Can you explain to us a little bit about how not using Zildjian drumsticks has hindered your performance in your social life? Well, you see, I don't use Zildjian drumsticks because I value myself as a person, you see. Ah. Uh, Promark, I believe, makes the superior quality stick. However, we did have, I believe, Vic or had some other company that sponsored us during high school. And so we had many different discussions and debates on what drumstick was the best. And I believe everyone came to the conclusion that Promark was the ultimate drumstick. Mm. That's unfortunate to know how wrong you are, but... I appreciate the the valued difference in opinion here. (laughs) I understand you go fishing on occasion, yes? Sometimes. Can you describe to me the highest importance fish you've caught? Well, um, I, some of the hardest fish I've been able to catch, uh, there's a little lake down in uh, Berea, Kentucky called Owsley Fork Reservoir, and that's where everyone gets their water in Berea is from Owsley Fork Reservoir, and so it's a very clean lake. Mm. or uh, I guess it's a very clean reservoir. And so you get a lot of nice fish out there, but the carp there are very hard to catch. And so Mm. if you're able to get a carp from Owsley Fork, then that's like a very high crowning achievement. And I was able to go out there with a couple buddies. We punched a couple holes in a can of dog food. We're chumming with that and got the special hooks with the little sponge on them. And we just covered that cat food and stuck it down. And I was able to land a Pretty decent-sized carp. I don't really remember the size of it. I just remember that it was like felt like I was pulling up a trash can lid from the bottom of the reservoir. <laughs> yeah. Those things are 
fat and they just you got to drag them up from the bottom. Oh yeah. Um sort of unrelated. Have you ever thought of maintaining a koi pond? I believe my grandfather has a koi pond. He lives relatively close and he's had some mixed results with the koi pond. He has a couple birds that just use them as free food and with yeah. the colder temperatures in Helena, it's kind of hard to keep fish alive, especially outside. Oh yeah. And so I think he still has about three that are going good right now, but Dang. Uh, seeing his hardships with the koi pond have kind of turned me off from any future koi pond activities. Yeah, I've heard it's um, from my various sources, of whom I shall not name for legal reasons. Um, I've said very mixed results. Some of them say it's really rewarding. Others say it's really difficult. I, I feel that the really difficult part is, is often resonated in a lot of those who maintain them. So, you know, oh, you ever yeah. try it, right? Good luck, for sure. Thank um, you. Because you'll need it. I'm more um, of a bonsai tree type of person. Ooh, I feel like that would be more of my see that. alleyway. Yeah, yeah, maintaining a bonsai tree, that'd be dope. Mm-hmm. Or like one of the Lego ones so I don't have to water it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like the way you think. Work smarter, not harder, as they say. Exactly. A few days ago, you told me about the men in masks and how they were after you. Can you describe to me what you mean by that? We see ever since I had had a meeting with the shadow man, the men in masks have seemed to be following me everywhere I go. And so, like, I'll be mm-hmm. getting into the shower, and I'll see, like, the shadow man kind of walk through in his entourage of men with masks. I'll see Ooh. him, like, walk through, and I'll see him through the crevice of the shower curtain. And anytime I go out to see them, and, like, I poke my head out of the shower curtain, I don't see anything, and I'll be, like, driving, and they'll pass me in their car, their big white van, and uh. I'll try to follow them, but I'll just end up losing them. And so it's been a real big struggle to me to try to kind of pin down. It makes me feel like I'm going crazy, but I know I can't be going crazy because I'm not crazy. Yeah, of course. Um, Crazy. Crazy? Have you been crazy once? Once. Okay. We don't need to go any further than that. Um, How foreboding, though. Um, So is the Shadow Man with us in the room right now? He very well could be. He's great at hiding, and I'm not very good at seeking. Ah, very well. Well, let's move on then, shall we? Um, Yeah, sources of mine have said that you've recently been plagued by visions. Can you describe some of these visions to me, please? Besides that of the... Well, I guess we just covered that the Shadow Man's not a vision. He's a very real entity that exists in day-to-day life. But tell me about these other visions you've been plagued by. Well, you see, it all started about three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Might have been more, or might have been less, but I went to a psychic. Mm. And this psychic predicted my death to be September 24th, 2023. I and see. so uh, a couple years later, I went to a separate psychic in North Carolina, and they also predicted my death to be September 24th, 2023. Oh. And so the two psychics in itself was kind of strange and off-putting, but yes. about two weeks before coming to Carroll, I was at a local festival in Berea, Kentucky, and they had a psychic come up to me. She incorrectly guessed my star sign. She told me I was a Sagittarius, which I am not. And then she also As told me that she sees a very dark future, and she sees me meeting my demise in a car crash September 24, 2023. And so Ooh. I've been seeing visions of me getting hit by a train in my truck. Now, September 24, 2023 has passed. As of now, and I'm still here. However, I'm still plagued with the visions of my own demise in a car crash. So say what you will about psychics, but something has to be up. I see. 
Yeah, very ominous. Call it a hat trick the way three of them predicted the same date. Um, glad to know that you're still with us right now. Or are you? Are you a ghost? I very well could be. However, I've not reached the level of enlightenment to notice myself as a ghost. I would say neither have I, because you seem fairly non-ethereal in form to me. Thank um, you. Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, being destined to die on, what was it? I think it was four days ago, three days ago. About four days ago. Yeah, it was four days ago. Would you consider this some sort of fate, cosmic coincidence, divine intervention? Or do you consider yourself to just be incredibly, incredibly lucky? I don't really believe in fate as much as I do believe in free will. Like, Uh, I'm a very religious person. I've been Mm -hmm. born and raised like a cradle Catholic. And so I've always been uh, brought up with the ideas of free will. And so the concept of fate kind of eludes free will in a sense. And so Mm. I've never really taken it upon myself to believe in any fate or any predetermined actions besides ones that, like, are concrete, like everyone's going to die at some point. Yes. And like so far, I'm going to have to pay taxes at some point, but like <laughs> call that fate if you will. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you know, right. Maybe one day you will choose not to. And you exactly. might, you know, consequences. That's a problem for future Luke Darty to deal with. There are no consequences to your actions. If you don't have any consequences, if you don't see your consequences as consequences. There you go. And that is exactly how every human being should think, for sure. Absolutely no joke. Um, I understand that you already have some previous podcast experience. Was it called the TomCast? It was. Can you describe to me a little bit about what the TomCast was, especially details of this elusive Tom figure? Well, the TomCast came across, uh, I had a good friend named Evan Hayes, and I had another good friend that we had met through the or Kentucky or through Madison Southern's marching band named Thomas Lamb. And so Thomas Lamb was a very interesting individual, and he had a lot of deep interests with specific topics. And so he was like a big fan of Nintendo games, and he was a big fan of um, Sonic, like as just random examples. He had many different varied interests, and so we figured that we'd be able to put these interests and in this kind of like obscure knowledge onto a TomCast or a podcast that we called the TomCast. And so we... Had ended up meeting in my room. Uh, I had a little HyperX SoloCast microphone that I set on a cardboard box. Mm. And we started away uh, podcasting. I think we got to about four episodes. One of them got removed because I talked about things I'm legally not allowed to talk about. However, As you do. As one does. Uh, we yes. have three episodes still out. And if I ever venture back down to Kentucky, I believe we'll probably film another podcast sometime soon. That's solid. Always mm-hmm. nice to keep fresh on the set. And Always. it's nice that... The first guest on the Prickly Pear Project is someone who knows what he's talking about and what he's doing. That's always welcome. I wouldn't sure. necessarily say I know what I'm doing, but I can pretend. There you go. Yeah, it sounds like this Thomas character is very eccentric. He's reminds me a lot of you in a sense. Of oh, really? just the outgoing personality and just like the ability to kind of conversate with everyone and kind of bring that light into a room. Uh, I feel like having Thomas on the Prickly Pear podcast would be a treat. It's just getting him a plane ticket and getting him from Kentucky to Montana would be the biggest factor in that. That is very valid, and I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank Um, you. 
I do my best to be such a you know gracious host and whatnot. And who knows, maybe long term goal, right? We fly Thomas out here and have him sit down for a one on one for the Prickly Pear Project. That make, could be pretty rad. Make Carroll College pay for it. <laughs> yep, there you go. Yes, sir. This drink, man. I go through like five of these every day, and there's like, how many grams? Of, yikes! I just realized there's 30 grams of sugar in this. I've never had this before. However, it is pretty good. I'm more of a fan of the Arizona line of beverages. Like, uh, of course, I could put away a gallon of Arnold Palmer in oh, probably ten absolutely. minutes. Absolutely. So, um, what do you think? One to ten, right? This drink. Let me give you one more sip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Nice. Give it a solid seven and a half out of ten. Seven and a half. I'll take that. Pretty good. Appreciate the honesty. You know, you got so many people nowadays being fake, saying, oh, it's a 10, or, oh, this sucks, it's a 1. And it's, I'm just thinking, really? You really have to fabricate a tragedy like that. A lot of people deal within the absolutes, and I think that is a dangerous, slippery slope to go down. Because if I absolutely say something, that is me giving myself no wiggle room on that topic. Now, there are Mm -hmm. some absolutes I do align myself with, like, my religious stance, that is an absolute for me. However, I'm not going to set an absolute stance with no wiggle room on a carbonated beverage or a view on a book or something like that. Because mm-hmm. views are always open to change. That's what makes us human is change. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard that the only constant in life is change. Exactly. Couldn't have put it better. Right? Yeah. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given but have always just seamlessly ignored. Hmm. All throughout my life, my parents have kind of been a guiding factor um, with helping me through just about everything. And Mm -hmm. so they've always told me to kind of seek out my own help, but also don't be afraid to seek out the help of others. And so I have grown very accustomed to trying to deal with my own problems, specifically through myself and not with any help from anybody else. And I feel like that is probably not the healthiest way to deal with anything. And so uh, it's definitely something I'd need to work on. It's just something I have been putting off getting around to working with, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I totally understand that, right? Yeah. And especially when it comes to, you know what you need to do, but you don't exactly, I guess you don't exactly want to initiate that. Yeah. I'd like to think that, you know, Doing nothing isn't really nothing. Mm -hmm. It's actually something. Yeah. You know? And, like, it takes a lot of work to avoid work you need to do. Yeah. And that's the kind of work that I don't usually try to avoid. Mm Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I... Uh, I talk with a lot of my friends and I try to give as much advice whenever it's needed as I can. And I find myself falling to a trap a lot of times of... I'm able to give my friends advice and they're able to take that advice, but they won't use it or they'll use it and it'll work to a varying extent. Mm. But then I can't take a step back and use my own advice to help myself. Ah, yes. And so, I could not resonate with that any greater. Yeah. It's always easy to kind of have an outsider's perspective, but once you're inside looking in it's hard to kind of get a grasp on everything and feel confident enough in your own abilities to Mm -hmm. go on and help yourself yeah for sure um 
let's hard pivot the subject a little bit. Um, I forget what day it was. You made peach cobbler in the Guad Hall basement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I just wanted to say, you know, it, on air, right, for, for the ears of everyone to listen to, that was actually the most divine dessert I've ever tasted in my life. How did you make Thank that? Thank you. What's your recipe? Did um, you say that, or is that a secret family, like, heirloom passed down the dirty bloodline for <laughs> generations? Well, I got the recipe from my mother, and it seems like any good, like any special occasion where we need baked treats, we'd either have, like, brownies or cookies. But every now and then, my mom would bust out the old peach cobbler recipe. And so oh, yeah. I was missing home a little bit, so I just called my mom. I was like, hey, how's it going? Uh, going good, yeah. Any chance you can shoot me that peach cobbler recipe? And so she called me, walked me through it, and gave me like a little email with just the basic rundowns of how to not screw it up. And you know, it's it's not as good as my mother's, but it's pretty darn good. I mean, if that wasn't as good as your mother's peach cobbler, I can only imagine how that would taste because yours was already so good. On top I- of setting the guad oven on fire. <laughs> I remember walking into the basement that night, and there was a thick haze in the air, and I was wondering, somebody burned something, didn't they? (laughs) I didn't realize until later on the next morning that, oh, that was the peach cobbler. Well, the peach cobbler itself didn't burn. I'd actually been talking to a couple people, and apparently there's a group of people who decided to bake cookies, but they didn't Ah. have a baking tray, and so they (laughs) just sat the cookie dough on the wire rack. And you know so what? the cookies ended up melting and, like, dripping down and making a solid chunk of car- charcoal on the bottom of the oven. So turns out that wow. my baking abilities weren't the cause of the smoky haze downstairs, which is always good to hear that I wasn't the cause of the problem. I was <laughs> and, just a factor in it. And you know what? I'll drink to that. As will I. Crisp as ever. Well, delicious. Looks like we are ending our time on the first inaugural segment of the Prickly Pear Project. Thank you so much, Luke Darty, for um, joining me today. Uh, one of my most esteemed friends, very esteemed member of Guad Hall, just really brings the whole community together. I would say, really made me feel welcome when I first got here, and. Is there anything else you want to say to to people at home? I just want to say thank you again, Oliver, for having me on the podcast. Thank you for everybody to listen. I'm glad to be the first member on the Prickly Pear podcast, and I can't wait to see where this podcast goes. Of course. Thank you so much, Luke. And, yep, with that, this is a wrap on the first segment of the Prickly Pear Project. May your days be long, and may we meet each other again if fate dance it so. Take care. Thank you. You too.